Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of Hope Unyielding. The goal of Hope Unyielding is to proclaim God's faithfulness through the medium of personal story. Now, normally I would be interviewing someone else, but since we have a few weeks between interviews, I thought we could do a Q&A session for those of you who don't know me. But since this is a podcast about personal story, on all my social media platforms, I asked you to ask me a question in terms of, Hope, tell me a story about. And I got some great questions that I'm excited to dive right into. The first is from Michael, and I connected with him on Twitter. He actually has a really cool podcast. It's called Talking with Intention. He and one of his friends sit down and talk philosophy and theology. So I'd highly recommend that you go check his out. It's Talking with Intention. And his question was, tell me a story about how you decided to start a podcast. So this is interesting because... I never would have thought I would start a podcast because I've always considered myself more of a writer than a speaker. But about a year ago, I was talking with one of my best friends and I had recently gotten really into listening to podcasts. And there was one, Susie Larson Live. She's one of my favorite Christian authors and she just has other authors on the show and asks them questions about their faith journey, usually in terms of a book that they've recently written. And I just said to my friend one day, man, that would be the best job just to listen to people's stories and talk to them. So that was when the idea was planted, but I never really thought that it would be possible because I know nothing about technology and um, I thought it would be really expensive. But about a year later, I was talking with my friend Samantha and she was actually on our first episode. She interviewed me. And I had been the entire summer compiling a collection of essays from lots of women I knew, some I didn't know, about a story of God's faithfulness in their lives. And this has been a common thread that's been running through my life probably since the beginning of this strange COVID season. I've just felt really compelled to proclaim God's faithfulness through story. And part of it, I think, is I'm in a bit of a place where I'm... I find it very easy to forget God's faithfulness in my own life. I find it easy to become cynical. And if you listen to episode three, you'll you'll hear me and Corinne Dubois talk a little bit about that. So I felt like I needed to fight back against that. And that was through this anthology of essays. So as I was collecting this anthology of essays, and it's still in process, my friend Samantha said to me, well, Hope, why don't you do a podcast about this as well? So we sat down, we mapped things out, and I really do want to thank Samantha for encouraging me to do this because I definitely wouldn't have otherwise, and then I just started. So that is how I decided to start this podcast. And I'm super excited to announce that next week we're going to have Diana Groover on, and she has written a book called Companions in the Darkness, Seven Saints Who Struggled with Depression and Doubt. And as many of you know, I have struggled with depression in the past, Um, it's been diagnosed clinically, and I really wish I had had a book like Diana's at the time that I was struggling the most. Um, We'll talk more about that later, but definitely tune in next week, and I will be giving one of her books away, so you really want to be there. The second question I have is from Michelle, and it's tell me a story about Russia. I also have a question from Colleen, and that is, tell me a story about a miracle you witnessed. So I decided that I would combine these two. Now, 
I would consider a miracle to be something that goes against the laws of nature that is done by God. And I have never actually experienced something that we would consider going against the laws of nature. But I have seen God intervene in ways that it is clear that it is not a coincidence. Um, it's clearly from him and it's clearly an answer to prayer. So I'll share a bit about that in my own life. So I was called to Russia at a very young age and I didn't know I was called. I ended up going on a mission trip there when I was just 12 years old and I didn't want to go, but at the, I actually don't even remember this, but my dad tells me, I went to him and said, dad, I feel like God wants me to go to Russia, which kind of defied <laughs> my own expectations because all I had seen was that terrible Anastasia cartoon version of Russia where Rasputin was the scary monster. And I thought, okay, this is the worst place in the world to go. But I went and I just fell in love. I fell in love with the country. I fell in love with the people, the language. But it was during that first time I was in Russia. I worked at a former Soviet youth camp and it had been turned into a Christian summer camp and I was just really tired one day. I was just a 12 year old kid, tired. I was on craft duty and I was the kid at VBS that hated crafts and would just dread that 20 minute section of the day. I wanted to be out playing sports. I wanted to be singing and I was supposed to help other kids do crafts. Now this clearly isn't a terrible situation. I wasn't in any danger but I I had this relationship with God where at, even at that age where I trusted him and I talked with him. So I prayed this very funny specific prayer and it was God please let it rain and let it rain with such big raindrops that I've never seen before. But just let it rain for 5 minutes because I just need a little break. Now it hadn't rained the entire day. But it was a bit cloudy. But as soon as I prayed those words, the sky just erupted. And I saw these raindrops coming down that were the hugest I'd ever seen. And I was immediately soaked. So I just remember that moment so clearly. Everyone around me outside doing crafts just got up and they ran into the auditorium. And I just ran back to my little log cabin with this huge smile on my face, knowing that God had heard me. And five minutes later, the rain completely stopped. So that is a story that I use to remind myself to look back on God's faithfulness and how God, God heard me in the midst of something that really didn't seem that significant. But I think he wanted to show me, even at that young age, that he did hear me. Um, now, one of my middle names, I have two middle names, but one is Jezaniah, and it means the Lord hears. And I think it's interesting my parents gave me that name because part of my history is struggling with believing that God truly hears me because of certain unanswered prayers, whether it's for... Um, the salvation of those I love, or whether it's for more personal prayer requests. But um, I always look back and I think of that little 12-year-old girl who prayed for rain. Um, think of <laughs> think of in James, the end of James, so who Elijah was a man just like us and he prayed for rain and rain came upon the earth and it was was the same for me. So that was my miracle and it and it happened in a place that I was called to, and from the time I was 12 through the time I was 23, Russia was 
very closely intertwined with my life. It, it rush, the Russian language, the Russian people, trips to Russia, they all took up a huge part of my life in such a beautiful way. So that's a story about Russia, and that is a story about a miracle. The next question I have is a bit heavy. Um, I think it's a really good question. It's from Jonathan. And um, Jonathan writes, You've spent a lot of time in Russia and Belarus. Have you encountered important cultural differences in how they deal with depression? Do you see ways we can learn from them or that they can learn from us? Are there ways we both fall short of what you find in the Bible? So that is a great question. And just the Belarus connection as well. Um, I, I've done some work in Belarus for the past three summers. Well, not this past one, before COVID, the three summers before that. I'm teaching English at a um, camp put on by a local church. But I have a lot of experience in Slavic culture in general. And there are, there are definitely differences in the way that um, I would say the Slavic culture and American culture deals with depression. But I just want to, with, with the caveat that I don't want to make a blanket statement about everyone in a culture. Um, we, there, there can be definitely general trends, but I don't want to lump everyone into a certain group. But um, I will lead with a story about one of my students actually in the U.S. who is Russian. She's about 65 years old. She is one of my, I, I know I can't say favorite students. She is so lovely to work with and she says exactly what she thinks. She has no filter in the best way ever. But um, one day I went into class and I had had one of the worst days I had had the entire year. Something, something really bad had happened. So I walked in, but like my, like an American, typical American, I decided I was going to push through. I was going to, to go to work. I wasn't going to let it get me down. Um, but as soon as she walked in, you know, she has this kind of grandmotherly feel about her. And I've always opened up to her more than I have any of my other students. She, she said, Hope, what's wrong? And I ended up telling her what was wrong. And then I just, I started to cry and I was so embarrassed. I was in class and I'm crying. Thankfully, she was the only one there. And I said, oh, it's okay. It's okay. And she looks at me and she goes, no, it's not okay. It is very bad. And that was exactly what I needed to hear. That's exactly what I need to hear. It is not okay. It is very bad. Um, she was not afraid of calling something for what it is. I believe that Americans, we, we tend to try to move through the healing process too quickly by slapping a smile on, and we feel embarrassed to show our emotions around others, um, or we just simply don't want to be a drag. We don't want to bring other people down. Um, but then this student, she started to tell me a story of someone at her work, and she was also in a very bad place, and she, she said she's in the bathroom stall crying, and she comes out, and I say, what's wrong? And she goes, nothing, nothing. And she goes, she goes, you Americans, you have tears streaming down your face and you say nothing's wrong. So that is one thing I would say about Slavic culture in general is that um, emotions are not feared and emotions are accepted. 
Um, it is not necessarily seen as a bad thing to not always be smiling. In fact, if you're always smiling, people tend to think you're a bit disingenuous. A smile does mean something slightly different in Slavic culture. It means you're very happy. So if you go into a room of Russians and you're smiling while tears are rolling down your face and you say, it's okay, it's okay, they're, they're kind of like, okay, it's not okay. And you can express that around them. So I would say that is something that that we can learn from that culture, that sharing where you're really at is okay, and it is part of the healing process. And it's destructive to try to stuff it and put on a smile all the time. Conversely, though, I would say that a trend I've noticed is medical help is not necessarily seen as a good thing for depression. So general emotions where, you know, something's bad happened, you're down, it's kind of this sense of, oh, well, life is hard. Life is hard, and that's just the way it is. But in terms of going to a therapist, taking medication, there's more of a stigma associated with that than in the United States. Um, people don't want to be labeled as crazy or different, so that is just not something that I've heard talked about much. Now, I, I'll just say I don't have enough experience to really give a definitive answer, but I do know that at least Belarus and I believe Russia, they, they both have very high suicide rates. And I know that Belarus is right on par with, with South Korea, which has a very high suicide rate. And I can't help but wonder if there is a relationship between the suicide rate and people not getting help for depression or not recognizing the difference between um, being down and depression. Um, there's also rampant alcoholism in Russia and in Belarus. And I've also wondered about people using alcohol as an outlet more than finding other healthier means of help. Um, one other thing I would say, and I would say that this follows the um, biblical ideal, and that is living in community. So, and, and I'm not just going to say this about Slavic culture, but just about a lot of different cultures that I've come into contact with. Um, I think that a lot of Americans, their depression is exacerbated because of how isolated they are from community. And I was talking with one of my friends from Afghanistan one time, and it was at this point where she was really my only friend. So I was living in Savannah, Georgia, and I had some acquaintances, but she was really the only person who would say, invite me over to her house for the whole day. And she told me, she said, you know, the reason I think so many Americans are depressed is that they live by themselves. She said, in, in Afghanistan, we, we live together. We're never by ourselves. And she said, and I think that's so much healthier psychologically. And um, I would say something similar about Russian culture. So it's, it's not as individualistic as U.S. culture. One really cool thing to look into is the Geert Hofstede cultural dimensions. And I'm getting kind of nerdy here, but this is so much fun. Intercultural communication is my thing. So if you ever want to talk about that, uh, if you have an idea for, for a podcast where we can connect God's faithfulness to intercultural communication, I'd love to explore that more.
But the Geert Hofstede cultural dimensions, it is this list of six characteristics, and I, I sometimes call it the Myers-Briggs of cultures, although some people might take offense at that, those who think Myers-Briggs is pseudoscience. But anyway, um, so these six dimensions, some one is power distance, one is indulgence, um, one is individualism, and that's what we'll talk about. These are all on a scale of 0 to 100, with 100 being the highest. So if I'm uh, recalling correctly, China has about a level of 20. Russia has somewhere between 30 and 40. And the United States has 90. So, wow. China is more collectivistic. So individualism is the world... Uh, the world defined in terms of I and me. Um, there's less interdependence. So we see in Chinese culture and from the Chinese students I've had, um, they're, they're very interconnected with each other. American individualism is just off the charts. We view our lives in terms of personal ambition, personal goals, and then that bleeds into often how we deal with depression dealing with it. When, when we come into depression, we maybe don't have the support system that we need, and we do need each other. That's very clear in the scripture, that we're not meant to, meant to do life alone. And um, just in the Bible study I'm doing right now with um, some ladies, we're going through Acts, and we, we just hit Acts 4, and they talk about the Christians living together, having everything uh, together in common, and it, it does, it sounds really idyllic, in Acts 5, that's when Ananias and Sapphira happens. But um, I, I do believe when we look at scripture, we do see the importance of living together in community and not doing the Christian life by ourselves. And that really applies to how we deal with depression. So thank you so much for us. Uh, thank you, Jonathan, for that question. And I hope that I hope that answers it. I'm not an expert by any means, but those are just my impressions from living in both cultures. So the final question, this is from my my former student Sparkle. And I love her question because it relates so much to who she is. So Sparkle was one of my students at Savannah College of Art and Design. And as you can tell from the name of that school, she's a pretty creative person. She's doing a lot of amazing things right now. And she said, Hope, tell me a story about something creative. I, <laughs> my, my creativity is writing. And any of my SCAD students will tell you that it was, it was pretty embarrassing when I would get up in, in front of them and try to describe something. And then I thought, oh, well, maybe I need to draw a picture on the board. I couldn't get past a stick figure. Let's talk about graphic design. No skills whatsoever. So I, I decided I'd give a little bit of an unconventional answer to this question and talk about one time that I was very creative under pressure. And I could also include this under one of my most embarrassing moments. But I think it's pretty funny now that I look back on it. And I'm pretty sure the person who watched the security camera after the fact thought it was funny. I was at this fancy schmancy a conference in Washington, D.C. I had flown down. It was a Russian language conference, and it was the kind of place where you go and you look around and you say, oh my gosh, is everyone smarter than me here? I'm kind of scared. We were all in the conference room, and it was a very serious affair, and I really had to go to the bathroom. So I decided to slip out, and then I remembered that the door, it was this huge glass door um, out around a corridor, 
and it locked when you closed it. And I was, I definitely didn't want to interrupt the presentation that was going on, but I really need to go to the bathroom. So I saw a basket of snacks and there was a granola bar. And this is the most creative thing that I've ever done with a granola bar. I decided I would use the granola bar to prop the glass door open. And that would give me just enough time to go to the bathroom, come back in without the door locking. I grabbed this granola bar. I, I slipped it in between the, the glass door and all of a sudden the door closed. The granola bar cracked and obviously the door knew something had a malfunctioned and it set the alarm off. So freaking out, not wanting anyone to see me, I opened the door very quickly. I grabbed the granola bar. I threw it behind the front desk that was there so no one would see. And then I started walking very slowly, head held high like nothing had ever happened. And I walked right back into the room when everyone and everyone else came out and they're like, the alarm went off, the alarm went off. And I just, I didn't say anything. No, no one knew that. I had set it off by putting a granola bar in the door. So um, that tells you anything about me and how I am under pressure. Um, Any of you who have wondered at times if I am a Russian spy, I think that'll give you the answer. Um, I, I would never be competent enough to do that. I think I'd be a little bit better maybe in a reboot of I Love Lucy. So <laughs> that is my story of creativity. Um, those are all the questions I have for today. Just wanted to give you a little bit of a little bit of a chance to to get to know me more, um, because I'll, I'll probably for the for the remainder of the year I'll just be stepping back and listening to others tell their stories, um, and I'm just really excited about this. I I have a lot of people who are going to be coming on the show whose stories of God faith, God's faithfulness have just astounded me and encouraged me. And um, like I said, Diana Groover is going to be on next week. Um, and then following that, I have three people on deck. I have other people who have agreed to do interviews and I am just so excited. Um, so thanks so much for tuning into this special Q&A episode. If this is your first time tuning in, I encourage you to subscribe to the show so you can hear all the other episodes we have coming up. And I will say the next one, November 18th with Diana Groover, I will be giving away her book. And I have read the book and it is one I'm going to be rereading. If you've enjoyed the show so far, please share it with someone who you think it might encourage because um, the heart of this is to encourage others. If anyone is struggling with believing in God's faithfulness, as I have, I want this podcast to just be a place where they can get a little hope, where they can hear someone else's story, and in turn, that that can point them back to their own story, their own history with God, um, where they can see how He has walked with them in the dark times and um, evidence that He will continue to walk with them. So please share it with someone you think it might encourage. And also rate us and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for tuning in today, and I will see you next time.